You ready to start? What are we starting with? This is Upon Awakening with Sherry and Matt, joined by special guest, the the specialist guest. Matt's mom, Michelle. Matt's mom. Hey, Matt's mom. Hey. What are you doing? I'm trying to eat some food. Nope, not today, old lady. (laughs) It's time... To talk about spiritual awakenings. Okay, but don't call me old lady because I am not old. I am I, just seasoned. That's right. <laughs> You're wet. You just got seasoned. You're well worn. That's is that no. like a glove? <clears throat> that's not right. <laughs> Let's just drop it. Yeah, the drop. No, not drop seasoning. Just drop the seasoning. <laughs> Actually, so. You've been the most requested guest on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've requested you. Sherry has requested you. Mm-hmm. And since we're the only people that listen to our own podcast, <laughs> it was a landslide. Okay, well, let's make it happen. <clears throat> so. We're eating uh, Uncle Julio's as well uh, at the moment. So if you hear a crunchy bag, that's what you got. Um, Mom, you are... Woke as fuck, as the kids would say. Would you agree with that? <clears throat> what does that mean? Yep. That's that's how you know somebody's straight up. <laughs> what does woke. it mean? What does it mean? Um, what, what it means is that you are a very spiritual person. You were into being spiritually awake and enlightened before it was cool to be spiritually awake and enlightened you read and listened to and partook of the great spiritual teachers of the past um and present yeah and so that's why we wanted you on the podcast because i wouldn't be here without you obviously literally for for physically obvious reasons but having the awakening that i'm having without you so I want to talk about what were some of the factors that played into you having a better understanding of life. Well, first of all, <clears throat> I lost my mother when I was six. And um, so I knew that life wasn't forever. And it was sad. And things can happen to you. And then I would just went on with my life. <clears throat> And was actually had a pretty good life. I had a good dad, and um, had a good self-esteem, and got through high school pretty unscathed. College, just to get out of the house, and then you had some you had some hard times. No, I had leaving high I, school to college. No, I had hard times because I had a stepmother. Which, you lose your mother at six, and you want a mother, of course. Everyone wants a mother. But I became the mother for my other siblings, and I became strong for that. And then I got away and left them all and went to college and became involved in the Vietnam War. And You fought in Vietnam? No, I would had my little Camaro, whatever car I had. I forget what it's called, not a Camaro, but I was willing was to... It Vietnamese? Was it Vietnamese? I was, was willing was, to drive was, people to Canada to not fight in the war. I was always a pacifist. And then um, <clears throat> I kind of um, opened up to my inner spirituality and did some things and met your dad because of the things that came about. And um, we're drugs. We went from there. We're drugs apart, like psychedelic drugs apart of understanding. Oh more, no, not deeper. for me, not for me at all. Yeah, no, not. At it's all. weird that uh, <clears throat> I feel like there's a couple. There's obviously a lot of different paths, but you either hear people go um, through great suffering, right, through great emotional pains, or they go the psychedelic route, or they go both. No, none. The thing is, I... To kind of unwind their mind a little bit. The music. Music was what got me through. Music was great, and I fell in love with the Beatles when I was young, and then the Beatles 
took us th took us through my college education, and um, then on a fluke, I met your dad. Will you tell that story because it's a pretty cool story about how I met him? Yeah, about the vision you <clears throat> had. Yeah, well. I don't want to spoil it, but it's pretty pretty awesome. So I had graduated early from college because I was always an overachiever, and I wanted to get out on my own. And I graduated <clears throat> instead of in the end of June in December, and so I had a little time there. So I had to get a job, of course. My dad, you know, he had to have a job. <clears throat> so I went and got a job at Mercury Marine on. Um, Interstate 85. I know Mercury Marine. Yeah. And working, <laughs> no, working for a, a company that makes those boat motors. But anyway, it paid the bills, whatever. And then we were all, I had friends there, young people, and we were going to, we thought, okay, on Memorial Day, let's go to the beach. We'll go to the beach. So me and my friend Linda, close friend, and a couple guys that worked there, they were going to drive us there, <clears throat> and um, we went. And so we fell asleep, and the boys were driving the car, and they were heading to Daytona Beach, and I had this dream that I needed to be in St. Petersburg for some reason. And I woke up, and I went to the front of the car and the youngest guy, the 18 year old youngest brother was driving and I said, can we not go this way to Daytona? Can we go this way to St. Petersburg? Because I had a history in St. Petersburg when I was growing up, a really cool place to be. <clears throat> so he's like, fine, yeah, good, he drives. So we get there, we stop at a gas station, his brothers wake up. And they're like, oh, where are we? Where are we? And they're like, we're in St. Petersburg. He's like, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is wrong. And so my friend and I got out of the car and voluntarily. Voluntarily. No, no, they, no, they didn't kick. They were nice guys. They were really nice guys. And they didn't kick us out or anything, but we got out, like, so you guys can go to. Daytona. Yeah. So they went to Daytona. My friend and I are sitting there like, okay, what are we going to do now? And this, we were at like a 7-Eleven or something. <clears throat> and a, a guy, a cop actually pulled up. He's like, what's going on, girls? We're like, well, we want to go to the beach. And they wanted to go to Daytona. And we didn't want to go. So he said, well, I'll take you to the beach. So he drove us to the beach to Treasure Isles. This was in yeah. 19, well, 1972. Yeah. Cops will not do that anymore. But he was really nice and we were, well, we weren't doing anything wrong. We were just like there, like, uh. yeah. anyway. <clears throat> so then we get there and he drops us off and me and Linda walk to the beach and we're happy to be at the beach and then we're looking at each other like what the F are we going to do now? We're at the beach. We have no money. We don't know anybody. So we, I, I'm, <clears throat> I said, well, let's go see, you know, whatever. So we go sit on the park bench where the buses go by and a guy drives by and he looks both, a young guy, he looks at us, has long hair, he looks like a surfer guy, and he looks at us, he drives by, and I knew he liked my friend Linda because she was really pretty, the little blonde girl. And then he turns around and he drives back by and he's like, hey, what's going on with you two? <clears throat> We're like, well, we just came to the beach, but now whatever. He's like, oh, come on, I'll take you to my family's house and you know you can get cleaned up i'll cook you some food whatever so we go with him and he had he was like it sounds so safe by the way it's like <laughs> but it, but it was safe in those days it really was i mean he was a young guy a nice guy <clears throat> so we get in the his car we go with him go to his family's house on the intercoastal right there in saint pete take showers get cleaned up he cooks us a fish dinner we're like, okay, we got to go back to Atlanta. He's like, well, first I want you to meet my roommates because I think you'll like my roommates. And he, the reason he said that was because he immediately had a crush on my friend Linda, who was beautiful. 
<clears throat> had this long blonde hair and just really sweet girl. So, okay, so we go. And so we go over to meet his roommates and we go into where he's living and Matt's dad was there. He had just gotten released from baseball and he was living with his friend, Roy, who was the guy that picked us up. And Roy G. Biv? Huh? Roy G. Biv? No, not Roy G. Biv. The color guy. Red, orange, yellow, blue, Irish. Vanilla. Whatever. Anyway, I, Roy was not Roy G. Biv, <laughs> but also his friend Doug. And so they were there, and I walked in the room, me and Linda did, and I saw your dad. He had long blonde hair. He was really, really skinny. He had a purple T-shirt on. And I looked at him and I thought, oh, my God, that's my man. <laughs> that's my man. And then six weeks later. We were married. Six weeks later you were married? Wow. From a dream. I had a dream. I peed in the toilet. <clears throat> And no less than 30 seconds later, I got up from that dream and peed in the toilet. So, But I didn't tell you the whole dream. <laughs> I didn't tell you the dream, though, when I was... When we were I driving. get it, is what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying, I forgot <laughs> to tell you the dream. Like, when we were driving the, down there with the boys, the nice... And everybody was so nice then. It, was, it wasn't like anybody was doing anything bad to each other. We were pretty innocent, all of us. Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, this was 1972. We were very innocent. We Besides were. Manson. Besides, there was one sociopath back then. Well, that was now. That was, in, that was in California. <clears throat> but that was in yeah. California, and that was 20. Everything here is 20 years later. Right. <clears throat> everything in California takes 20 years to come here. That's a good point. <clears throat> I think. It used to. The world's much smaller now. No, no, it of takes course. 20 yeah. Minutes. Yeah. Go ahead. But what was I saying? I forget. So you met him basically. So anyway, when I was in the car going down to the beach, <clears throat> not knowing going to St. Pete or Daytona, I had this dream of a man who was in the water with this really red beard that was like calling to me. I'm not calling to me, but like it was like Michelle. No, not Michelle, but just like it was like something comforting or something. Yeah. Actually, one of my I've only had like four or five visions in my life, and that was one of the that was the strongest one. <clears throat> and I didn't even realize when I met your dad through that whole thing until we got married and we had kids, and then he grew the beard. That then I looked at him and I'm like, oh my god, that was my vision. Hmm. He had a big Which was, red beard. Yeah, it was so weird. You know, it's like, but <clears throat> the weird, it's not really weird because God gives us all those, all those talents if we don't get so shut down, if we can open up. And yeah. it's so hard to open up and it's very scary to open up. Right. Because you when had you, courage at that time I and mean, you had that dream in the car and, you know, most of us would say, oh, that was hard. I'm not going to ask him, you know, that, that it was just a dream. But for whatever reason, you spoke up and you're like, let's, I, I want, can we go to, you know, just, just the courage to ask. But I've always had that courage because I've always known that there's only what you need because I lost my mother at six. If you lose your mother, you don't have anything else but yourself. I mean, your mother is your mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so you just do what you can. And yeah, it's been a horrible thing to not have her, but it's also been my greatest blessing because right. I've been able to be my own kind of mother for my children. Yeah. And hopefully they understand how much I love them and how much I want them to be free and not to let rules rule them. And um, I'm still, at 69 years old, only look like 52. <coughs> Tell. Ha, ha, ha. <coughs> Tell. But um, you just got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. 
you know? It's one of the, you know, losing your mom when you're a little girl, it's a before and after moment. You're one person before, and you, you had your very first before and after moment, you know, at, at six. You were one person before. Had your mom not died, you would have been a completely <coughs> different person of today. Of course. Well, you're you, a different person after. You know what's so amazing is and, that, and Sherry, you lost your mom when you were... 10 right and like the fact that we found each other and obviously getting to talk with my mom about this kind of stuff and just the similarities and how it's cool to see how God works and how the universe kind of aligns for you to help you get through certain things and to move you into into new things right you know, and I and I so and I believe that now. And that was one of the very first. And for whatever reason, you felt comfortable sharing that with me. I felt comfortable sharing that with you. I don't know how the convert, but it was one of our very first conversations that we had. He had told me about that about you, and I <coughs> and uh, well, I'm very um, open, and um, yeah, I feel people. I feel people like so much. Like when I was at the airport yesterday, going on a property inspection, <clears throat> I saw two. I saw a guy going probably to Iran or Iraq with his wife, sitting there before they had to. Get, he had to get on the plane. Oh yeah. And oh my God, I feel all their feelings. I feel all their feelings, and I was like sitting there trying not to look at them and walk around and go over here and everything. <clears throat> but she was trying to be happy for him. I mean, he wasn't a young guy. He was like a guy that had been there, like Ryan. This wasn't his first two tour. or three yeah. times. <clears throat> he was getting on the plane first and all that stuff. It's <clears throat> just—it's so amazing if you just let yourself immerse yourself and feel empathy for other human beings because we're all exactly the same yeah it's a, it's almost like a superpower having empathy for other people it gives you the perspective that we so badly need like that talk about having a conversion of faith or belief in something else using empathy as a gateway to understanding has allowed me to open up so much more and become somebody different somebody who doesn't have to rely on alcohol and drugs to make myself feel better or I doesn't have to rely on these these incessant things and sometimes if you just do that I mean people just come to you they come to you and they want to tell you stuff and you like just yeah like I just got started working with a guy today he just got in my group and I'm like oh you poor guy whatever and he's telling me the whole story about how he has these two dogs and um they're going to have to put one down, and they're so sad, and blah, blah, blah. And I told him about you and me with Duke, and when he le- when we lost him, and how we were so sad that we walked around the whole perimeter of Perimeter Mall just boo-hooing, because we loved him so much. But that's an open heart. Yeah. We need open hearts. Yeah, and the thing <clears throat> is, that fear of... Um, that we all have of allowing ourselves to have open hearts because we're just afraid it's going to tear it apart. We're going to be torn apart, and we don't know how to how it's ever going to be rebuilt. But you've shown me time after time that it's okay to cry. Oh, please! It's okay to be torn apart because you're not going to fall apart because there's something greater there's holding something you together. Something to be said because I wasn't taught that when I was young. You know, it was sort of like pack it all up, put it in a box. You know. You're not allowed to feel this. So I felt there was something wrong with me for being sad. I was so sad. And that's why I ended up drinking excessively was because I suddenly, I, it was like I could, I, I, I felt not sad for once, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but it we, worked for a long time. And so but the, we, as humans, we are sad because we know we only have this little tiny moment on this planet. Uh, not just that it's it's we can isolate and and feel like we're the only ones and and we can feel like we're the only ones that are sad and that we are alone and just in so doing being empathetic and being and getting out of ourselves and and talking to other people and I think that's what is such a a great gift that you have you're not helping these people but it, it helps you too because you realize that 
I'm not alone on this planet. I'm not the only one that's miserable. Well, it's, oh, no. it's amazing, though. The amazing <clears throat> thing is, in what you <clears throat> kind of said, is we have this little piece of time of experience in eternity. Right. And to shut down <clears throat> that experience for fear that it might end us, right? Because the whole fear is that if I experience this, I may die. Like it's obvious. It's it's so obviously not true, but it feels so real. Like this is gonna kill me if I experience it. <clears throat> I don't know how I'll move on. But allowing yourself to say, "I'm willing to die to experience this," because this is life. Right. You know, and watching you do that over and over again, well, feeling it, lucky to have you as a mom because that's well, the that's really I got. sweet because you know I. I jumped in the pool with your dad. I loved him more than anything in the world. Yeah. <clears throat> I still love him. I still care for him. He gave me the greatest fruit on my tree <clears throat> when he when it, it didn't work out right. <clears throat> I was after a long time able to remove myself from that and try to help other women learn that they don't have to, you know, take on their men's whatever thing <clears throat> but um, and for your sake let go with love eventually you know of course let go with love and then also love will come to you too but you don't it, when love comes to you it doesn't have to be forever like there's something about our mindset that we think everything we do has to be forever yeah but we are in a temporary life. Yeah. Because this is temporary. The forever is not here. You and know? it is here. I mean... It's happening and it's not happening. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. It's exactly. the paradox of of infinity. It's like... Exactly. We're, we're in eternity. <clears throat> well, at, at this moment, we're in eternity, but we're being... We're being Believe like the the whole physical reality is telling us that it's going to end, but we're <clears throat> we're in the eternity of it. It never ends. No, exactly. It's just like um, Trent Foster. Trent Foster. Oh my, my god! My book. If you haven't got it, available <laughs> on Amazon. I love Trent Foster. Trent Foster is the greatest person ever, and he's got really good muscles. Really old. <laughs> Old, you old ladies will you, watch it. Will you please <laughs> record an ad for my book? Trent Foster. Really good really muscle. good muscles. And, and old ladies wanna watch it. It's a book. <laughs> it's <laughs> interesting though that it's um but it does begin, just to get back on that note, that with that self love, to know that you are that we're all connected. I love myself and you know, because I that higher self, you know, and, and knowing and when you when you truly love yourself, then you can fully love other people. And it's not the kind of love like we're ta- like you were saying where we feel like I can't let you go. I can't. That's not love. No. You know that's what I mean? That, that's codependency. No, codependency. Of course. When you can love somebody and that's but that's truly is but that's the that's the other paradox is like the only way you can fully love somebody is being willing to let them go at the same time. Exactly, and it, but it takes time. You can't just do it all immediately. It takes time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you have to learn. You have to learn to do that. I mean, like even with your dad coming up here for Christmas, uh-huh. <clears throat> it was very sweet for me because when we talked about our memories before you kids were born... It was sweet for me that he remembered the same thing I did. Yeah. And we remembered the, the feelings that we had. And the stories are amazing. And, the, and the life you guys had together, too. It was, it was awesome. Together and separate. I mean, it was yeah. incredible. Yeah. And it was, but we don't, you know, we don't need each other anymore to be alive. We just need to know that we appreciate each other. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and he appreciates me and I appreciate him. And I forgive him for all his things that he did when he was not in that way. And that's the key. It's just it's, it's that's a the lot thing of letting go of, of resentment. And I mean, as we know, that that's the most toxic thing that'll just destroy you. Yeah, you let go of it for you. You yeah. know, and that yeah, you and, have to right, and realize that we're all just trying. We're all coping. Getting back to you know that six year old girl. We're all just coping. We have our coping mechanisms. We're all different people, you know? 
and uh, we're all just trying to get through this life the best way we know how. Right, right. um, But I want to go back to like the things that, you know, some of the things that you've taught me and and what we've talked about because, uh, you know, fast forward, you Matt's dad is now he's he's gone um and you know we've talked about this in the podcast your dad being an alcoholic and and he went off and and left and and what you had to do for yourself and you call it the 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 poor woman's poor woman's therapy a lot of these readings and these books like Louise L. Hay and uh Shakti Gwain and you know um and uh, Stuart Wilde and all of this stuff you know that you you immerse yourself in because you um you were raising five kids on your own. You were work, working full time, and you knew there were, and you always knew that. And I say this now that there was something more. But that's really that turning point. From what I understand, that turning point for you, where you were sort of like, as we've talked about before, all in. You know, you just dove right into um, just the spiritual, uh, the spirituality, and um, sort of the the mystical side of things, and wanting to um, connect to the universe and find more. But out there I've for always yourself. been there. I've right. always been there, but they gave me the strength to know that I wasn't alone. For your right. kids? <clears throat> no, for me. Oh, the books. The books. Oh, your kids. Because I always, knew, <laughs> I always knew that. I mean, when we didn't I, help at all. <laughs> when I was young, I mean, literally, if you ask Aunt Karen, I had a ruby ring that my mother gave me. We used to take a bath, and I would say, "Ruby ring, ruby ring, tell me, tell me what you bring." Hmm. I've always been a little bit mystical. Always been a witch, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a witch or a bitch. Ah. <laughs> a witch or a bitch. Pick your day. <laughs> well, I think, I think knowing that, like, I obviously love magic and the books about magic and all that kind of stuff, but knowing but there that there is, is real magic. But there is real magic. Yeah. And we are not just a piece of stone. We, you know, there's so much more. Yeah, we're light and energy. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I've always loved that. But talk about having the faith in those tough times because, I mean, growing up was tough. You know, five of us in an apartment trying to kill each other, you working all the time. You know, talk about the, the will to keep moving forward when your kids were trying to murder each other. Well... You know what? I just uh, relied on Anita Baker. <laughs> I had my earphones on. Anita Baker. Rules are made to be broken. Listening to her music. music. Had a couple little pretend boyfriends on the side that didn't really come through, but kept me feeling like I was still a woman, you know, and... Um, just kept doing what I was doing and actually <clears throat> during that time my career grew because I was working for law firms for a long time and then I kept working downtown for law firms and like Matt would have a cold and I had to go get him from school and whatever whatever <clears throat> Not just you, no, or I was, anybody. I feel like you were a concussion or... <laughs> no, anybody, anybody. Yeah. But I was working downtown at a law firm as a paralegal, making zero money, actually practicing law. <clears throat> and so I said to my friends at the law firm, I am going to get a job close to my home because I'm sick of driving this... Well, not, not only that, like you eventually, I mean, car was repossessed... No, that was that was after, after the car was that was after the car was repossessed. Well, okay, so I want to touch on that too, though, because like there was a time, your car was repossessed with five kids. You would take the bus to work and walk home or walk to the grocery store, like yeah, that was my, all throughout the every season, and it was it was insane, like having five kids trying to go to work, trying to go to the grocery store. Make sure your kids were taken care of. And that was for like two years, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it I, was, I called it my trail of tears. Yeah. It was my trail of tears. <clears throat> yeah. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like going, those things, that, I mean, for me, it was traumatic. 
<laughs> I can only imagine. I was at home eating Doritos. <laughs> you were, you were like, this is like, terrible. And, she's and, and we're on the phone, like screaming, calling your work that we're murdering. And I'm, I'm saying on the work, who? How much cheese did you eat? <laughs> and people I work with still tell me that they like, they laugh at me, laugh at me. You know, so. I mean. It, because the, the people are of, kind to you if you they if they feel you're real. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are very kind if they know that you're real. People are not kind if they think you're bullshit. No. But that's I, why I guess, people aren't happy with you know. Um, I guess I'm wondering the what was the feeling in those times though? Can you remember back to like you, how you spoke to yourself while you were walking? With the bags in your hands. Do you remember your inner dialogue? Yeah. Okay. Can yeah. I talk about it? Yeah. What was it? Well, my inner dialogue. Was it, fuck this shit? No. Not a, no, okay. no. I was, I was an Indian. This was my... I was like, in my mind, I was an Indian. This was my... This was my... Oh, what do you call it? My... Spirit walk or spirit walk. your walkabout. This was my walkabout. Yeah, up there, an always. Aboriginal. It was always me as an Indian person walking up that road, up that hill, to the to the top of Spalding Bridge. And to the Native Americans listening to this podcast, <clears throat> uh, my mom is part Native American. She's Pawnee. just not sure. We, okay, that part. no Pawnee, Pawnee. Yeah. Um. Right. So there was the there was the I it's like a walking meditation. Of, no, always a walking meditation, always. You always. were so you were going somewhere else in your mind. Yeah, I was going home. I was doing what I needed to do. I didn't care about being happy. I just was wanted, survival. I just wanted to be with my children and take care of them. Right, it was survival, and what? they were part of your. So that was part of it. It was not an option to not do that. But was I'm, I'm just curious. Was there ever um, like feelings of desperation, like you didn't know how it was going to work out? No, never, never, no. Pure faith, straight through. Pure faith, straight through. Always, always. My whole life has been pure faith, straight through. Always. Hmm. Don't make me cry right now. But it's always been pure faith straight through. Yeah. Not even if you say God or Blessed Mother or anybody, but the universe is always taking care of me. Always. And giving me so many blessings. And even for the hard times. Because I know there there were hard times. No, there. there were very hard times, but... You know, you live long enough, they come back around and they're good. You see why things happen. You see the lesson in things and the blessing in them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your your dad sees it now, too. Right. That's why he's never married, either. Again. You know? It's not that we want to be married together to each other, but we were together for a reason. Yeah. But knowing that reason, having faith in that reason. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, I know for myself, struggling with purpose and reason, uh, doubting that it was going to work out. You know, that's been, a, that's been a big part of my journey. But you've done so well. I mean, oh my God, you've had your fruit. Think about it. The fruit is on the tree. You know? Yeah. What's your fruit? What's your fruit? You have great fruit on your tree. Mm -hmm. You do too. I do too. The rest is just whatever. You know, it's all... An evil tree can't bear good fruit, right? Exactly. Exactly. We all have great fruit on our tree. And we all might want to go to sleep every night and go, Oh, somebody loves me so much and I have so much money in the bank account. But no, that's not life. It's not that way. Life is life. We're just here to be happy. And we, it's so hard because, <clears throat> like, you know, with your job and my job and 
my how job, mu- how much you struggle. <laughs> it's like everything makes it so hard, but you have to, you know, you have to just buckle down, put your hat on, do it, but then re- realize that there's so much beauty in life. Yeah. And, well, the, and once we have that gratitude and we look around and we see that, then there's more and there's more. And, you know, it just. And there's nobody except trust fund babies and. I mean, look That's at Harry. Look at Harry and I, I Megan. Look at Harry and Megan. Yeah. Oh. Markle. She. They are running so far away from the royal family because they are so tired of being. Yeah. Boo boo boo. And everybody's giving them such a hard time. And I say, bravo, bravo. Yeah, breaking convention. Let your love, let love, love, let love be the thing that makes it happen. Yeah. Love for yourself. Love for your children, love for your, you know, your partner, love for your dog. It's the most powerful, you know, love. Universe. That's yeah, all absolutely. we've got, and then we get sent off into the great beyond. Who knows what's going to well, happen? Well, I always found that comforting because I've, you know, I've lost a lot of people in my life. To and and um, the one thing that I found in it, and this was not anything that I thought of on my own, but this was truth manifested to me after a, a big loss. That love, you. I know that love is the most powerful energy in the entire universe by far. And when you love somebody and they love you and they die, that love, not just with the love that you have for them, but that's an energy. That love that they have for you, that doesn't go away. No. And that's the best part. I know. And so it's always there. No, it's always there. You know, and that's like, and like I, I, I have love. so comforting knowing that, like, the my, ones that my, I've lost, that their yeah, love my is... My mother, my not dad. Just my love for them. My, my sister. Yeah, it's all there. Uncle Gene. It's all know? there. It's all there. And, yeah. you know, that's... And so knowing that is, you know, is one of these things that it's like... That's but the hardest thing is to love yourself and to be able to open up love right and to not have conventional love like you know larry worries about me or francis like oh i don't have a boyfriend or husband or that that stuff no i have so much love in my life you don't even i mean please these crazy little boys i work with are texting me all the time (laughs) showing me things that they want They well, better not be sending any weird pictures, Mom. No, they're showing me pictures of their dog doing this and telling me stuff. I mean, they love me. Yeah. I don't need to... I don't... You know, you know I, what's amazing? We talked about the other day, and I was talking to Sherry about this, becoming the person who does... Who is just doing the thing. Like, I, I use the example of the wind doesn't... At the end of the day, the wind's like, I'm so tired <clears> of blowing. Yeah. It's the wind. It blows, you know, or the ocean's like, I just can't, I can't make another wave. I just can't do it. Yeah. Becoming that which just does the thing. And for you, I feel like you just became a mom. Like, you just became what, like, what your vision of a mom was. And so everything that was necessary to make that vision come true was done. And it wasn't even like a discipline thing. It was no, just, it's just like a, this is who I am. Right. This, I am this i am yeah i am the mom for all karen leela jane bruce leslie and i am the mom for all you guys yeah and i'm the mom for all these other people i care about yeah and i have to be the mom for me yeah yeah and that's it's so to be able to look back to and see that trail of tears like the 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 path that led you to that right (sighs) to get to that point where you just stopped worrying about how I'm going to do it and you just became the person being it. Right. You know? And I think it's a powerful lesson for all of us. Well, I think there's irony too is that motherless girl became the mother for everybody. You know what I mean? And so that's just that. But the thing is, it wasn't me. It wasn't just me. So many people came in and helped me. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Mary Jo. Yeah. Oh, my God. And Selena. Mm -hmm. And so many people helped me. I mean, just, I didn't even have to ask them. They were there. Like, Selena would pick me up from the apartment and drive me to the train, to the bus, so I could get the bus. And Mary Jo, I mean, we walked every Sunday. And 
she knew my issues and she had all that money and she took care of Missy when Missy needed help. The universe provides for you if you are open enough to receive. Right. Yeah. That's and the not key. And judge the, the... The package that comes in. Yeah. No. I'm, I mean, I am... I'm just me. I mean, and that's the hardest thing for me right now at work because they are so effed up and I could come in there and Careful. reorganize it all. Bankers listening to this. No, and I could come in there and reorganize it, but that's not the way they want to do. Yeah. So I have to just step back and think to myself, okay. You just be wasted energy on your part. Yeah. And, and more stress for you that is unnecessary. But I'm not going to do it. Right. And I'm sorry that Laura is so... I mean, she stays up every night till like midnight doing all this stuff. That doesn't have to be you. No. And that's... And that's hard for me to do. To like because of empathy. Yeah. And that's what empathy... And I think that's also part of why people are afraid of having empathy and opening their hearts to people. Because you do feel so much for a person who's just working themselves to death right. and you think well I should be doing that too right like I because you you, you try to understand and put yourself but you in can, shoes, I'm not gonna do it but you can't do it no because it's not who you are no right there is no way in hell I would ever do that yeah so and so much of you know we talk about losing losing ourselves becoming no one like Ram Dass just passed and he was he was always about becoming no one he's got a movie came out becoming no one you you listen to Ram Dass, right? Yeah. Which I find so amazing, too. Like, the fact that you were doing all this stuff. You were doing all this stuff. I had no, years, I had no 20 aware, years ago. Yeah, I had no awareness of this at all. I just knew that things I always was taken care of. Come to the point in my life, like, I remember the first book you gave me in college after I, I uh, my first breakup was A Return to Love. And I read that book. Um, but just the kind of journey I've been on, how similar it is in terms of uh, looking for the spiritual, mystical, uh, magical path almost, uh, how similar it is, not really knowing that you were doing all the same things. And finding out, like, when I said, hey, Ramdas died, and, and or that I've been listening to Ramdas too, that you had also been listening to this. Like, it's just those things. It's like, how did, how did we miss that? How did we miss that connection? You well, know? you don't really miss it because what I believe is, and this may sound crazy. Don't worry. You have not listened to the podcast apparently. <laughs> what I believe is that your soul, your soul, um, the parent is here and the soul is out there and they pick the parent. Yeah. And so I even... Even though Francis is pissed off at me most of the time, oh, and te- um, Nina, Nina is mad at you. She picked you, mm-hmm. and so you guys picked us because we were close. That's what was meant to be. You know, and I and I even like, and and Matt knows this, but not a lot of people do. I I lost. I get pregnant easy, don't keep them easy, but I, I lost. Um, Two babies in second trimester. It was hard. One was a boy, one was a girl. The boy was right before I had Jace, and the girl was before I had Carly. And I think, like, and for me, it was like once I had Jace and once I had Carly, like, my my sense of loss was gone because I truly believed that that was their their oh, soul no. oh, just no, coming back to me. Of course you it know was. You know what I mean? It of was, course it was because I had an abortion at 23 when I got pregnant with Matt's dad, and I, not him... I said, no, I do not want to have a kid. And it would just been legal, and we had an abortion. And Larry Jr. is that boy. He came, and he came again. Right. At the right time. His soul came at the right time. And he's angry, of course, but whatever. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's pissed off. No, but he actually wrote a play about it. Really? Oh man, he wrote uh, this play. That, so but he didn't know. At the no, time. he didn't know at all. Yeah, and, many, but yeah. anyway, so. Wow. Yeah, it's. it's <clears> I pretty, think we all just need to do the best we can, love each other, and. Um, 
eat Julia. Go from Uncle there Julia's. and eat Julia's whenever mom orders. I, I like the, I, I love the idea that we choose our parents. I used to think when you would say that you were insane. I would say that's not no, possible. it's totally but true. I know. It's totally I get true. It. I mean, it makes sense. You know, to see like it, to be to to get to a point. For me, dying was always the scariest thing. And always having this fear of death that one day I'll be gone and I'm going to be forgotten and that's it. See you later. Never again. Bye-bye. <clears throat> and getting to the point where, no, where would I go? Where else would I go? We're here. We're having this experience. But where would I leave from here? Like the All of this is just energy moving around it's not going to disappear right and become absolute nothingness there is no nothingness and even in the nothingness there's there can only be something because there's nothing right you know what i mean right so to think that it, we would go anywhere getting over that fear and then realizing yeah i was here before i'll be here after and now i'm just at this moment i'm experiencing all of this and i think that's so much of what jesus was saying too like I, I I was the word. I'm, you know, all of it. I'm the, and I'm just the beginning and the don't end. For, don't make it so concrete. Just let it be fluid. Yeah. And just let it be you. And let it, yeah. And of course you pick your parents. I couldn't have picked better parents than my mother. Yeah. Oh my God, the most beautiful, sweetest woman in the world. And my dad, who was so strong, and I was so pissed at him all the time. But everything, but isn't, isn't that the everything game? I've done has been because of his strength. Isn't that a part of waking up, though, is realizing that our parents are part of our karmic nature that we're trying to learn? Right. And, and most of us get lost along the way. And, and you will all see. All of our parents' fault. Yeah. And, and you want to hate your parents. But you'll see. I mean, your dad made a, a big statement to come up here. Yeah. And um, yeah. he made a big statement. And the fact that he remembered the same thing I did before we had kids. like hey, Jumping in the Colorado River. I forgot he had a fever. Yeah. I forgot. That was he- so funny because I remember you telling me that story. And when he started, we were telling it again. He, you were like, yeah, and you jumped in the river. And he was like, well, yeah, I had a fever, and I just wanted to cool off. I forgot. That was such a beautiful part of the story that was missing. Yeah. It was like, oh, my why God. Why did he just jump in the river? No, right, yeah. That, I forgot that's why, that he Why was... would he jump in the, a raging river? Is because he's, like, delirious from fever. I and he forgot cool that. Off. And he was, like, 23 years swept old. Away and he got swept river. away, and I was like, oh, God, there goes my husband. <laughs> And I loved him so much. Oh, my God. I loved him so much. And he was gone down the road. And I still love him. I do still love him. I couldn't live with him, but he gave me the greatest blessings of my life. And he was there for me when all the children were born. I mean, I mean, the older you get, the more you appreciate things. And you'll, you'll feel the same way about Rudy at some point. <laughs> Maybe. When you don't have no. to punch him in the head. I mean, no. It's different, though. It is different. No, his yeah. dad it's was different. not good to me, at the, you know, when we yeah. separated. I mean, he, I had black eyes and I think all I did kinds that a lot. of bullshit. I can get caught up in, like, you know, the coulda, shoulda, woulda, had I only, you know. But the reality is this. My kids are supposed to be here, and he's supposed to be their dad just as much as I'm supposed to be their mom. Right. You know, and how we feel about each other is irrelevant. And how we feel about each right. other in the future is irrelevant. Right. You know, but it's just... He, but he, he's supposed to be their dad just as much as I'm supposed right. to be their mom. Right, yeah. right, right, exactly. To play. Same thing with mine. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, all, it's all playing out exactly the way it's supposed no, to. No, of course it is. And the only thing, our only job is to wake up to it and accept it. So right. we can become a part of the flow of life. Yeah, yeah. I As agree. opposed to in the way of it. Fighting it. Yeah. Fighting it, yeah. yeah. Being exhausted by it. So, uh, we're going to wrap up. Oh, wait, this has all been taped? Yeah, five... Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, wanna, I want you to... Um, your greatest lesson in life. You've got 30 seconds. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. And the always, golden rule. Yeah, and always have empathy for other people. You don't know the shoes they stepped in.
Sherry, parting shots at my mom. I'm going to roast her real quick. Uh, no, I don't. Thank you for everything. And I think it is amazing. I don't think that things are a coincidence. I think that um, you came into my life for a very good reason when, and I told you this, when I felt like I needed a mom, you know, and, and you've been a, a mom figure to me and, and you've been that mom. And I've told Matt this, that I think it's, it's a, uh, interesting that you're the mom you're the kind of person that I wished like I wished my stepmom was you know what I mean that that person that's accepting and 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 loving and it's okay to cry and it's okay to just be you and be who you are um and uh and you've done so much for me so oh thank you I love you I love you too that's so sweet mom get out of my house I'm just kidding (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let me this stop. Is my, this is my mom's um, Thank you so much for getting to for coming on for getting to come on the podcast because I invited you like a good person. No, I really appreciate you uh, sitting here and sharing stories with us. And if you put this on the podcast, yeah, it's going on. I will have to kill you. What are you talking about? It's this is the podcast. Whatever. Everything you said is going to be put out for people to listen to. Whatever. I don't care. I know. Well, it's all good stuff. I too. am so happy you're my mom. I'm so happy you're my bub. <laughs> and Missy's about to be here too. Yay. Family. Yep. Well, I love you. I love you too. This has been Upon Awakening with Sherry and Matt and Michelle. Mom. <laughs> Otherwise Every... known as Mrs. Smat. Mrs. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> Matt's mom. Matt's mom. <laughs> yeah. This has been Upon Awakening. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to our channel. And also, uh, tell your friends about it. Because if they need a mom, I have one. They should too. <laughs> This has been Upon Awakening, sponsored by... Sponsored by Uncle Julio's. (laughs) Wait for your cheese to get cold. It's better that way. Right. It's very strong. Well, yeah. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye.